Welcome to episode two of our interview with Will and Nicole Buckman of Corkscrew Barbecue. In episode one, we got into a little bit of how the Corkscrew business got started as catering out of Will and Nicole's home and how it had grown into a very successful trailer. In episode two, you'll hear more about how carefully they select and source their meats and product and also how they made the leap to a brick and mortar restaurant. So thank you again to Will and Nicole for giving us the time for this episode. And we hope you enjoy it. So while you were still at the, the trailer, um, you had upgraded your Cadillac to an oiler. Um, again, another another rotisserie, uh, a large oiler as well for capacity. Um, how was that? How was it getting in? And, and what did you think about when you started cooking on it? So, yeah, it was it was kind of tricky getting it in. We, we, we did our Saturday service with the Cadillac, and I had the... Uh, the oiler was actually sitting out on the on a flatbed in the parking lot waiting for us to close uh, so we could move the Cadillac out and and place the oiler there um, I gave myself a, a day to season the pit and then the, that was on a Sunday uh, so we got it installed Saturday night uh, on a Sunday I just ran smoke through it all day and sprayed it down real good tried to get as much smoke through it as I could on Monday I ran a test cook um, just threw meat randomly on there, you know, like anybody would find, you know, if this thing is just a rotisserie, but you know, it's got hot spots and low spots and whatever. Um, so I, I ran a test cook of, uh, ribs on Monday and, uh, threw briskets on and opened Tuesday morning. Was that your first time cooking on an oiler? First time. And, Absolutely. And, uh, you've stuck smoking. with them since you still have them. So I do. Yeah. yeah. We've added a second one. Um, I love it. Third and a fourth. And I'm like, eh, <laughs> you're pushing it. <laughs> we'll get to four. We'll get there. But I, 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 I love the product. I, I really do. I mean, it's, uh, it's just like any other pit. You know, it's all wood burning. Um, it, you know, of course we have it self-based because it is a rotisserie. So I don't really have to rotate meat around a whole lot. Uh, it is, you know, warmer on one side, on the right hand side, uh, than it is on the left. Um, the different levels, you know, the racks are tiered, so they run at different temperatures. Um, but it afforded me sleep. Uh, your, had, your old pit, you were, you were having to attend it every hour. Yeah, I mean, it's, yeah. it was really just an offset pit. So, I mean, you're stoking that fire every 45 minutes, uh, staying up through the night and then staying up all day long and, and slicing the food. You know, the woes of any good pit master, whatever. Um, but it, it, this business is hard. We needed, we needed more volume. The Cadillac wasn't offering it anymore. Uh, the Oilers have a, a decently small footprint, um, but they cook a ton of food. Um, and that's what led us to JNR. But it's um, definitely not set it and forget it, like I've heard some people say. It definitely is. And you still have to manage your fire. You still have to know what you're doing. You have to know time and temperatures. Uh, there's all no that, propane. All that had to get figured out. There's, there's nothing automatic really about it. And, um, and the, even the, you know, I know that you guys have had some of this. Everybody had some of this in the industry for a while, the, the various brisket sizes. And, you know, you can't take, you, you can't do these things by time. You have to do them by feel and temperature absolutely there's no chart we still go through that there's no chart in the pit room that says okay these things cook for 12 hours you pull Mm -hmm. them at this time you know again that's why i'm still behind the pits uh every brisket is treated individually uh even with you every every cow is different that's right and uh even though there's two briskets on a cow 
chance of you getting those exact two yeah. <laughs> from the same cow is they, pretty rare anyway. They render at different temperatures. They, yeah. the, you know, the weights, like you said, you've got, I mean, right now, especially we're getting 22-pound uh, briskets and 7-pound and briskets in the same box. So uh, there's definitely nothing automatic about that. You set those two next to each other and let them run the same time. One of them is going to be okay. The other one is gone. When you get these pasture-raised uh you know, no hormones, no anything. You're gonna get all different size cows. Mm -hmm. You're not getting these very standard commercial cows that are all the same weights, the same sizes. Obviously, those briskets still uh, vary too. But we can get some that are, you know, five pounds to fourteen or fifteen pounds. Yeah, and a lot has to do same. with the availability of that cow. Well, I think Creekstone, even though they they do a lot of volume for the particular product that you get from them, it's still fairly boutique product. It is. Um, you know, and so you get you kind of get what they have available at the mm. time but that, that's something that I, I think and we've gotten questions on before and as we've cooked we've learned you know it, it's not like even with a rotisserie you, you're not going to get every brisket the same size and even if you did they don't cook at the same rate yeah. um, and so that's something that uh, is always always takes a lot of effort yeah I think that's the most common email that we get is like can you talk about on the show like what temperature and like there's no magic temperature it just we don't we're not freaking experts at it but like it's just by feel once you learn you know this one's about in that sweet spot but the one next to it might not be it could be the exact same size or even smaller and it may be another two three hours for that one's done absolutely and the and the pit kind of dictates to you as well about what temperature you're going to cook at and you adjust based on that um, they they kind of like to settle into a certain temperature themselves so all the various pits that we've used with corkscrew barbecue um, we've kind of had to just you know you just have to learn that pit uh, and adjust your cooks by that and i think once once the oiler came in which was somewhere around 2015 i believe i believe you're right um which the only reason i remember that is because that's when i moved a lot closer to your restaurant <laughs> so i was there a lot more often which worked out for me because coming from katie was a pain in the ass yeah, right. <laughs> but uh but to me everything you guys maybe the most consistent barbecue restaurant that we go to um and and i'm sure the oiler helped with that because once you got the same pit that you were cooking on every night for now going on three years you know the ins and outs of it i mean things will still vary but you know i think you've you pretty much mastered that pit as well as you can by now um so around around that time 2015 2016 is when uh when restaurants started becoming a possibility for you guys getting out of the trailer and into a brick and mortar so how how was that process as far as go, you know making that transition and finding this place that you're at now here in Old Town Spring? Quietly, we did it very quietly. <laughs> we didn't want anybody to know about it or uh, any any word spread or anything going on you because then you get a million questions. And I looked at a lot of the reviews about that time about you know what's next and there wasn't much talk about that no, at all. Yeah, we, we just we wanted to find the right spot. We didn't want to you know you get out there and people start now constantly i get emails i got a spot for you i got a spot for you i want you to come here can you open some location here we got you know we didn't want that we wanted to find what we knew was going to be exactly what we wanted and this was we waited on this we came here several times and uh yeah we kind of we kind of showed up we were led here falsely that it was for sale and at, when we arrived we realized that it wasn't from talking to the owner and uh but we were kind of persistent we put the bug in his ear and uh let him know that we were interested in it and uh it's about a month later he was like yeah i'm done i'm ready <laughs> and we literally like left the restaurant we were opening in like an hour and a half mm -hmm. 
and we told everybody we're like y'all just get it ready we'll be back by 11 <laughs> and we came here and we said okay we'll be back at 5 30 to discuss everything but we wanted to make sure he knew we were serious yeah we came in here and we made him an offer and we shook hands and then we went and got got back to work came back later and started drawing up paperwork was that a little hard to work that day with all that on your mind? No, it was exciting. <laughs> it was I mean, exciting. we were we yeah. were stoked. It was exactly what we wanted. I mean, it's we were in a really bad spot with our landlord at the other at the other location, and uh, uh, had a lot to do with greed, and uh, so we had to make a move and we had to do it quick. And uh, our lease had ran out, and we were just pushing it every month to just here's a check hopefully they cash it and they don't kick us off you know it was kind of one of those things every time they cash it we knew we had 30 days mm -hmm. you know we knew we had 30 days and when it finally came out when we finally jc was the one that you know found out about it first so he was like can i do the first interview so Chris is really good about finding those things out. he did i, don't, I, don't even know <laughs> I think how. i actually offered it did to you him. I think did I you did, tell yeah. him okay i can't remember it's, Feels like yeah, I think he was ago. the first one I told, and, and uh, so he said, "The second y'all sign, please tell me so we can tell everybody." And we, he's going to write an article, so we expected you know to tell him, and it be, you know, three or four days, we'd be able to go to the landlord's management company and let them know what's going on. His article came out in an hour, <laughs> and <laughs> he, he was already ready. <laughs> he had it pre-written. He was ready, <laughs> and it went insane. Our phones started. We were watching a movie, and our phones were just dinging and ringing. Like I don't even know all the sounds they were making. Our batteries went from like ninety-seven percent to like ten. <laughs> and Will looked at his phone. And he was like, "Oh my gosh!" And I was like, "Oh my gosh!" Cats out of the bag. Yeah. So it was. It went insane. And so I walked into the management company's office the next day, and I was like, "So." And he was like, yeah, I already heard. He shook our hand. He said, congratulations, get out of here. He was excited that he knew what we were dealing with, with the property he was managing. So it was, it was scary, but exciting. It That's was awesome. And, and you guys moved in here lickety split. I mean, there was, it was three months. Yeah, three we months we signed July 24th. We closed August 1st and, uh, opened, no, it was two months, right? It was October first yes it was two months wow and, two months. It, and it and it feels like i mean i know the building's been here for a long time and it was a former business but it it feels like this is corkscrew barbecue I mean, it really does it, and you know you've got the old canopies from the original place um that brought over the the spools i guess that's probably from at&t days maybe or uh they were they were actually <laughs> given to us but yeah our neighbors yeah. over there it was uh, convenient <laughs> yeah so it's, it's it's a it's a very unique feel that goes along with the food as well um, always a good experience here. Yeah, and it's a great location, you know, where you guys are at, right in Old Town Spring, and well, it's great it's for close families. To and, everything. Yeah. It's everything. It seems like it's kind of off the beaten path, kind of in the country. It gives you that backyard barbecue field. You got the trains. The, it's great if you like trains. Yeah. It's great if you like trains. <laughs> yeah. And um, if you hear any hard edits in this episode, it's because of those trains. trains. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, the kids love it. We have footballs and hula hoops and, you know, all kinds of stuff, and they can run around and play. The parents can hang out and have a good time. and I don't think we could have found a better spot. I really don't either. We had a we had a very specific criteria when we were looking uh, into moving. And that's why we left the Woodlands because it's just too new. There wasn't the old buildings. There wasn't the big yards. There wasn't these things that we wanted to keep from our original customers. We wanted them to still get to come here and be like, okay, it's going to be kind of like the same place. You know, we yeah, can still sit outside under the canopies. There's a lot of character. We, out they're here. still here. Yeah. They, you know, there's, you know, they were worried about that. It's going to change. They're going to be different. They're not going to be there. And they're all so happy. 
that it's it's yes it's busier but you know it's here it's the same one question i have to ask because it's brian's dream other than a lazy river um I know there was some talk when you guys first <laughs> were moving into the building that there might someday be a nighttime service and live music or, at or Cork Sunday Brew Barbecue. Gospel brunch. Yeah, or, uh... and, so, and so, of course. You <laughs> know, talked about a lot of things. Yeah, I, I know, I know. So I had to ask, will that ever be a possibility? You know, nothing is, is left off the table. I, uh, right now, uh, we really enjoy our Sundays off with the kids. Um, they don't get to see a whole lot of us. Uh, throughout the week. I mean, obviously we're there. One of us is there with the kids, but uh, we don't get that good quality family time uh, until Sunday. And that's a day that we can just spend together uninterrupted and, and do our thing. I think every family has that. Well, you know? It's great that you do that and, and dedicate that time to it. does. It means the world to us. And, and I, you know, our kids are getting older uh, now. So they're, you know, they start to naturally separate you know, like not want to spend as much time with you, but as but of right them. now, yeah, we force them to <laughs> because we get enjoyment out of it. And I think deep down they do as well. They do. Um, for so sure. Sundays, no, uh, evenings are going to be hard. Um, we, we still talk about it all the time. We love live music ourselves. Um, it's definitely something that we want to eventually get to. Um, we just don't know how, but like right anything now. else, we, we don't push the issue to, too much with our business we kind of let this thing grow naturally uh from the start we still live by the same motto uh we're, we're kind of letting it run its course if you will and uh we'll get there we'll get there one eventually. thing i thought too you know being in old town spring you might have noise ordinances or something at night i don't know how that that works but um, I, I really don't know of one we have a couple bars around us uh, around us that do live music and and uh, are rowdy until 2 a.m so uh i don't think it would be an issue most yeah. everything around us here is our businesses as well the um, band would just have to take train breaks from every now and yeah, yeah exactly <laughs> what we they make lots pretty, of johnny cash songs pretty badass speakers these days <laughs> that might just drown out that train so uh so you know, fast forward a couple months after the the trailer closes, the restaurant opens, and, and you know, every, you know, everything seems to be going well. The business has grown, um, and then of course we get to 2017, and once again it's time for the Texas Monthly list again. And you know, a drum we'd been banging for a long time is that you know we we had hoped and thought you guys would be in that top group, and then the list comes out, and there you are. What was what was that day like? I know mo- it was a Monday, so most barbecue joints were, were off on that day, so they were able to, I guess, enjoy it a little bit. Um, so, what was that moment like when when you see the list come out and wow, number seven? Uh, I mean, it was definitely a, yeah, holy shit. You know, it was it was <laughs> we incredible. pushed for it. I mean, we did our goal. You know, we got into Texas Monthly, and our goal was to get in that top ten. Climb the list anyway. You know, I mean, just do better. You know, if we're, you know, or I even think in that first one, it wasn't just... ranked where we were. You know, we we were just within the top 50. And uh, there's always room for improvement. And that's what we wanted to prove to ourselves, that we we can improve what we're doing. People like what we're doing and we can make it better. And uh, got to have goals. Definitely. And, and that was a big one for us. Texas Monthly was a was a big deal. And uh, man, I can't even tell you, I can't put our emotions into words no. of what that felt like to to get the call um we knew we we did something right you know we were getting more more attention from their their photographers and everything else so we yeah, were like this looks really yeah. good and then and then the magazine came out and of course we were just stoked yeah it was crazy i still have i literally printed out the email where she said can we come do some 
shoot some photographs and do a small interview. And we knew it was within a month of Texas Monthly coming out. And I was just like, holy shit. (laughs) (laughs) And I was like, yeah. I mean, of course, you still don't know then. I mean, they were still doing judging. You know, they they get it down to a small. It um, It was awesome to see Houston on the map. Absolutely. You know, Tejas and you guys, um, you know, and Houston really coming around. You know, a lot of people have talked about that. We, we've talked about it far too many times. But, you know, there, there was a time when we couldn't count on one hand the number of great barbecue places. Lots right. of good ones, but not great. And now there's, there's, there's a lot, and you guys are in kind of the forefront of that, um, very early at least, in that wave. Uh, it's great to see that. And as well as Houston getting some of the attention now, you know, um, Lockhart, Austin, Houston, and those other two cities. Well, the the explosion of barbecue the last several years has just been amazing to watch. Um, Heck, I think you guys are one of the 20 oldest joints on the list, which is, I mean, (laughs) when when you think about that, it's like how much has opened in that time. Absolutely. Yeah, it's just, it's one of those, wow, but that that wasn't that long ago, was it? It it wasn't. When we look back at the timeline ourselves, we're like, man, that just was not a long time ago. It feels like 100 years. You feel every one of those years in (laughs) your body. You know what I mean? I remember when we first started putting the sold out sign out, you know, nobody around here understood what we were doing. And several people thought we literally sold out. Like, like the whole business, yeah. 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 <laughs> so they were like, "Everybody we sold out," that. and they were like, "What?" It's gonna no, be a chain no, restaurant. No, we're week. out of food, and they were like, "What do you mean you're out of food?" <laughs> cook, well, cook more, yeah. Cook more. <laughs> so that was the the that was the every single day was the cook more, the cook more, the cook more until it finally got to the point where we explained to so many people it was we cook to capacity and you get it fresh every day and is, isn't that what you want? I mean, like, really, isn't that what you want? Should be. Because, you know, a lot of places just can pop frozen stuff in an oven, and, well, I can do that at home. I want you to come here and get something you're not going to get at home. You're not going to go buy that pre-cooked brisket, pop it in the oven, and... See, I was getting adamant. (laughs) That's great, though. No, but it's true, and, I mean, that's part of the business is, is freshness and you know the places that are open later there's some there's some good places that are doing a really good job Absolutely. of running multiple shifts and all of that but it it's a sacrifice of letting more control go which is something that again has been the story i think since day one is that you know you want to have that control over the product um and and also that goes to plating and so something that we saw and, and we'll show some pictures on the instagram feed it, back in the trailer back in the boats back in the to-go containers the food was plated and it was, it's really surprising because we didn't even realize it back then. Um, but, but tell us why that's important and, and why you do that and, and today still that you're doing this. I, I always, like, that's my biggest thing when I go to a restaurant. I mean, forever. And um, my mom was, my mom worked her uh, accounting job and, you know, got home at 6 o'clock every night and made dinner from scratch pretty much every single night growing up. There wasn't really pizza night or anything like that. And it, she always made everything so pretty. And it was, you know, it was eye candy. And yeah, you taste with your eyes first, right? We wanted that. And I think just cooking for Will before, even before we had kids, I always plated everything pretty and wanted it to look good. And he'd always just, like, devour it in two seconds. Yeah, I but, remember when you cooked for me. Uh, <laughs> that it, was it awesome. Was, it was uh, great. And uh, I think we, I still do it at home when I cook now. And here it's huge. I mean, it's huge. I, I, like I was saying earlier, I'm adamant about it. The guys in the kitchen, I think I drove one of the guys crazy who first started cutting meat. 
who took my place because I would literally like slap his hand with a ruler. You know, I was that <laughs> piano teacher of you're not doing it right. You know, you'd be like, how, how do you want me to do it? And I'd be like, like this, you know, gentle. Like I didn't understand like pull pork. It's like was my biggest thing. I took it away from Will because he would just destroy it. <laughs> and I'd be like, what are you doing? And he's like, it's like manhandling it. You know, it's like just it's a nice light, light toss and mm -hmm. then just put it on the tray and um, I do have that wreck it Ralph mentality. He does. <laughs> and uh, now I made it to where our trays go through three people. You know, they're checked by the. It's not a train. Not a train. <laughs> they're checked by Will and Austin who cut the meat, then Aaron who checks all the stuff to make sure everything's on the tray, and then he hands it to Tyler who then, you know, plates the tray and calls out the name. So everybody is checking it to make sure that it's. Uh, as I call it, Instagram ready. And, and that's important these days. Let's talk a little bit too, you've, you've changed your trays themselves and that's partly yeah. partly for the visual. I mean, right. and, and that's something that you're going again, you're going above and beyond what you would really have to do. Um, but tell us, you've, you've got some smaller trays now for the smaller orders. And yeah, we have the, the smallest silver trays that they have, which are actually, you know, little tiny sheet pans. And, um, I wanted it, I wanted everybody, whether you bought the, you know, a tray of food or, you know, a really big tray of food or just the boat, um, an individual, I wanted everybody to get the same experience, you know, get the same visual experience, um, be able to put their potatoes out on that tray, not just in the boat where there's very limited space. And uh, it looks good. And I think it's just easier to eat off of. And, um, I love them. They're adorable. It, it's, it's, you know, it, it's come a long way, but it's kind of ironic because lining those trays is butcher paper, which is kind of where a lot of this started was just butcher paper. Um, but it does, the, the color offset works really well. Um, and like you said, I mean, you eat with your eyes, you see these these things and it's a little bit, you know, you're not eating out of a styrofoam cup for your right. sides. Right. Um, and, and nerds like us notice things like that, like tray composition when it comes to playing with height, if you're stacking a rib like this and things right. like that. And, you know, you may not even think, you, you know, the customer may not even notice that it's something different, but I'm it does sure stand out. I'm sure half the time out. they don't. But, <laughs> but they, may, they may not realize it. But then, like you said, they, they all have a camera. They all have the ability right. to post it to someone and that person retweets it or reposts it to someone else. And before you know it, You've got, you know, a thousand people looking at your food, good or bad. Right. And so getting that, that really great picture, I mean, it's, it seems like a goofy thing. And, of course, you know, everyone says, you know, Joe, just eat the food. And, yes, obviously that's what you're there for. And but, most people do. And then there's those that don't. And yeah, so and idiots like us that. <laughs> you know, and, and for those who aren't even taking pictures of it, I, I want them to sit down and go, wow, that looks so good. And they do. They'll walk up and they're like, wow, that's amazing. Like, look at that plate. That's so pretty. Right. And these are just well, it's one Not of those things, if you take that. that much care to do that, you've taken care for the product, you've got right. pride in the product, you eat with your eyes, all of those things line up, and, it's, and it makes for a better experience all right. around. So there's one other thing, along with plating, um, when you order here, <laughs> um, you go through a, a 27 checkpoint. Uh, <laughs> kind of like TSA right here. Yeah, it's kind of like TSA. No, but, but there's some reasons for that. But tell us, you know, the, the philosophy. So for, for listeners, um, when you order, your order gets read back. You have to initial it. There's a lot of checks and balances to make sure you're getting what you ordered right. and you understand. So why, why do we do that? We uh, Or why do you do that? Well, you know, we... Um, <laughs> when we first started here you know it was so much busier in the in the full in the brick and mortar and um things were 
you know, getting like, this isn't heard or not understood because a lot of people were, were really new. And I just kind of got to the point of, we make mistakes, customers make mistakes, we're all human. Let's try to avoid that, especially because we do sell out. And we, yes, we do sell out of sides and cobblers and stuff like that. We don't want you to miss that, especially if you were in front of the person who got it because they were heard or didn't forget or we didn't forget. This way it is listed. We read it to you from the register. And then when we print out your receipt, we give you the kitchen ticket. We, we read back over that to you. You initial that it's all correct. We handed it to the kitchen. Everything's expected to be correct. That way there's, we didn't make a mistake. You didn't make a mistake. Everybody gets what they want and everybody's happy with it. So if you get coleslaw on your sandwich, you asked for coleslaw on your sandwich. Yes, you did. <laughs> That's right. Absolutely, 100%. Now, going from the truck to the brick and mortar, was there any, as far as any unexpected surprises? Because you both worked in restaurants growing up, but working at a restaurant and owning a restaurant. I was a waiter or waitress. Are two very different things. So, you know, was there anything that came up, good or bad, that you were like, oh, I didn't expect it to be like this? Well, I think the biggest challenge, of course, was coming from the trailer. Like I said, Nicole and I did the bulk of the work. So moving into this place, we had to uh, not only train people, to do what we were asking of them. Um, they had to do it efficiently and, and good. Um, and we'd never cooked anything or did any anything when we opened. And because our hands day. are still in it, you know, we're, we're cooking and cutting meat and it's hard to manage and lead a team while you've got your head down cutting, cutting orders that are coming in faster than you can fulfill. So yeah, it was a huge shock for us, but really we run this, this kitchen like we ran the trailer i mean we really tried to keep it as close to that same model as possible if you walk in our kitchen right now you might think you're standing inside of a food truck just a little Uh, more a little bit more elbow room yeah Um, so it's it's designed the same way with the with the order window and the pickup window and and uh and that was all done on purpose it was another one of those things that we wanted to be able to make sure the customers could still talk to us still get customer service from the kitchen not only from the front of the house but could come back there and talk to will or talk to the other guys that work back there ask questions and feel like they're part of the kitchen they can watch the process they know we're not hiding anything from them Mm -hmm. because so many barbecue restaurants do it right there in front of you and they so they get to see the process we wanted them to we, we didn't do it that way, but we wanted them to still be able to get the same, you know, visual like right. the other restaurants give you. We wanted you to be able to still see, you know, cutting the meats and where it's coming from and scream out at the pit master, you know, great job. And I think it brings everybody together. And one of the things, too, is that your, your line moves here incredibly fast. Um, and, and you run as many as three cash registers on a busy day. Um, another thing that's intentional, but how do you get it done so quickly? Because we've been at places where not only, you know, the line moves slow, it takes long to order, and then you're still waiting another 30 minutes before you get your food. Ed- educating the, the, the folks at the, at the register is a big part of it, uh, helping them to expedite those orders and get them in. Uh, we don't, we have one cutting board per register uh, as well, and we have, uh, you know, we're designated meats that we cut. Um, Our expedite usually phenomenal usually it's it's the customers uh uh maybe being indecisive or trying to figure out what they want or read over the menu or or you know figure out if they want lean or moist brisket uh we're we're usually ahead of that line i mean we we follow the pace of that line so as fast as the registers can get them through uh 
I, I think you'll find it might take you, you know, 35, 40 minutes of waiting in line. But once you walk away from that register, uh, you'll be lucky to get your, your glass of tea full before we're calling your name. Yes, yeah, that, typically that a up. three to four minute ticket time. Um, every now and then it gets a little higher if they get, if there's several really large orders in a row. But we usually try to keep it under a five-minute ticket time. It, it moves fast, and, and people shouldn't be deterred if they come here and the line's busy, the line's long, rather, because it moves so quick. Right. Well, we understand that we're a lunch place, uh, and, and these you know these customers have places to be. They don't have two, three hours to sit here uh, on a Tuesday, uh, you know, late morning, early afternoon. Uh, so from the trailer i mean we wanted to get the get them in and out as fast as they possibly could so you know they don't get in trouble because we want you to come back tomorrow we want you to come back exactly we've we've actually had customers uh employers tell them we, you, corkscrew is not an option for lunch anymore you guys <laughs> we, cannot go to corkscrew we've actually had two customers which it's not, doesn't seem that many but it's pretty funny who got bo- busted by their bosses here <laughs> one at the trailer his boss showed up he called in sick <laughs> so he could come to corkscrew so he could come to corkscrew yeah, that's awesome. and his boss showed up and then just a few weeks ago there was a guy sitting out here and his boss walked out of the two doors and he was like oh crap <laughs> and his boss was like i thought you were sick and he was like of not eating corkscrew <laughs> like well one thing that's great i mean you know i'm gonna rub it into yeah yeah to yeah. this guy no but, but i work for hp we're moving just across the freeway yeah. and so we've actually been able to make it out a couple times during lunch um but now we're going to be able you know <laughs> just it's going to be a few months but uh that's that's well, going to be looking, really i can get a lunch fix once a month here now during the week <laughs> yeah. because i've got a meeting that's sort of up here and i taught my boss how to smoke brisket so he says as long as i bring him something back he doesn't care if i take <laughs> a little while to go so there's ways to work the system if you know how to do it yeah but the, the but sellout yeah. is the sellout is quick. You know, you guys can sell out by two o'clock. Um, but if you get here after the lunch rush, it's a super quick run. I mean, we've come it in is. here, we've come in here at one o'clock, I think, and just walked in and walked out. Yeah. It's been great. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this this being spring break, anytime there's a holiday, spring break, any Fourth of July's or Christmas, any of that kind of stuff, it's gonna be busier. It's just gonna be. There's pe- more people off work. They have time to wait. Um, during the week, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, you know, we're typically open till 4, 4.30. And um, you can get here at 12.30, 1 o'clock, and it's not bad. It's always busy when we open. Uh, we have a lot of people who are taking food back to the office who didn't pre-order and stuff like that. So, but, you know, on a typical Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, you know, we're here till 4, 4.30. There's been days we're here till 5, 5.30. I mean, I wouldn't count on that. But um, well, that's what's going to be great because I'm I'm close enough that when I see those messages pop up in the middle I do, of the week, I like, do. I try to yeah. post as much as possible. You know, it's a short line. You know, whatever's going on, we've got this much left. Whatever, and it. I post on Instagram, which posts on our website, and then I post on Facebook, which posts on Twitter. So we're in four. You have four avenues. If you're not on any social media, it is on our website, and you do not have to be on social media in order to see those posts on our website. So you can all you can see anywhere. So, that's, so that, that is sold out. Give us those addresses. Uh, Facebook is just at Corkscrew BBQ. Same with Twitter. Same with Instagram, and then our website is just CorkscrewBBQ.com pretty easy yeah pretty easy um so yeah there's there's really no excuse if you get here when they sell out you should have checked some form of anything because you could have found <laughs> and it. we get to it as fast as possible you know i've had people like mad at me because they checked and we weren't hadn't posted yet 
But there's some days that are just so busy. You know, I do all the social media that Will has to go out and start marinating stuff and, you know, getting orders put in and I'm cutting meat and there's no chance for anybody to leave the kitchen or the front of the house to do that. And I have to post, you know, when we're down to the last two pounds and or i know sometimes that, when we sell out or when we sell out yeah. and i know that can be frustrating but i can guarantee you we do the absolute best we can to get that out there and make sure that you don't make the trip and sometimes you're already on the way when i post so it kind of wouldn't have mattered anyways <laughs> i mean like yeah. you need a you need a live cam on your website no. it just has a, <laughs> <laughs> there's enough has, ways has to a little find bar out, of food <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, let's make it more difficult for them so you know we'll uh, we'll wrap it up here with just a couple of more quick quick hopefully easy questions. We cannot go through an interview with Corkscrew Barbecue and not talk about cobbler because <laughs> you shouldn't come here and not order the cobbler and you know as well as lots of meat and sides. Um, but the the cobbler is one of our favorite desserts in in barbecue anywhere. Um, and, and my favorite thing is you can you can just kind of treat it like a side and just order it. You know, with people the, do yeah. lots of people do. That's one of my favorite things. Get the lunch things. plate, and it's mm-hmm. like brisket and some cobbler, or yeah. pulled pork and some cobbler. And the type of cobbler changes, you know, periodically. Mm-hmm. I don't know if it's week to week or month to month. We change just... it daily. Awesome. It's whatever, whatever we decide to make. There's what cherry, peach, apple. I think you guys have done pineapple, blackberry I think before. Mm-hmm. We started doing pineapple again. Um, and then blueberry. And then blueberry. Yeah. yeah. And yeah, it's it's really good. So if you haven't had it, you're missing out. Um, you guys are almost seven years into Corkscrew as a business eight now. Years. Eight years. Almost eight, yeah. yeah. Be eight, eight years, years this year. We started year. in 2010. Okay. Out of the house. So, so eight years of Corkscrew as a business. What's it like working with your spouse? I love it. I yeah, I love it too. I wouldn't trade a day for I, it. I period. saw your little googly eyes at the beginning of oh, this, yeah. and it's, it's, it's great. It's still there. You know, and, and so there's no... Uh, um, no knockdown, drag out fight. Never. It looks like, so. We recognize our strengths and we recognize our weaknesses as well. And uh, we don't lie to each other about any of that stuff. There's there's things that most everything business related. Nicole is excellent at it, um, and I know my place here. I cook, I cook barbecue. I smoke meat, um, so I don't step on her toes. She, you know, doesn't step on mine. And uh, it, it was a it was a lot different story when I was at AT AT&T and she was a stay at home mom because I had gotten all the social interaction that I wanted, uh, outside of the, outside of the home. And she was talking to babies all day long. So when I would get home, naturally she would just want to talk to me, find out how my day was, but I didn't want to talk. So this way, uh, we, we know what we did all day long. You know what I mean? So we're like, yeah, it was a great day. Okay. (laughs) We get, we get home and high five and like, all right, we said, we, we, I mean, we, sit every single night and he sits with me and watches all my stupid reality TV shows because <laughs> those are my fave and he plays on his phone but he sits with me because I don't like any of them and he doesn't like any I do, of them I do it for you he does he, he likes to, I ask him all the time why do you sit out here because you know, I sit on the patio and watch it and uh, he's like I like I like being with you and uh, after 21 years I think that's pretty freaking awesome yeah it works for us I mean we, we really do enjoy each other uh each other's company and and working together we're we're always so busy i mean it's we we don't even have time to be mad at each other if there was no. a if there was an opportunity to be so uh it, it works for us i know it's 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 not been great for other couples in barbecue because uh, this is a hard profession and we've had a um, lot of people tell us that we're crazy but we're like yeah. we like it and he's like i kill my wife or i kill my husband and i'm yeah. like but it, i think we're very yin and yang we have 
very similar personalities, but extremely different. So it just, he's very passive, like nice and calm. And I'm, <laughs> and I'm very like, go, go, go. Uh, no comment. <laughs> I, yeah, I run a very tight ship in a very nice way. I think that's about the perfect way to put it. Yeah. So it just is. watch out with the ruler, I think. There, there you go. <laughs> and please stay off your phone when you're ordering. Please, <laughs> please, oh, please, boy. please. That goes for every barbecue joint you go to. That, that goes for anything <laughs> in general. Grocery store, driving. restaurant, driving. Oh, grocery yeah, it just, it just slows everything else down, you know what I mean? We're it trying really to does. get people in and out of here uh, so they can get back to their everyday lives. And, and the people standing behind you would really wish that you were off your cell phone. Yeah. It really doesn't have much to do with us. No, I think it's just more respect for everybody in general. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, that's, that's what makes Corkscrew such a unique restaurant experience is the service you guys provide from the people that walk around and make sure that everyone's taken care of. The food you guys put out, which is not carbon copy of every barbecue joint that's out there. Um, it, it really makes us keep coming back. We've been here for years and we'll keep coming back. And uh, anyone that hasn't been yet, I don't know what you're waiting for, but uh, come on out. Come on out. <laughs>